Hello and welcome. This is Becky McRae and with me today is Deb Brown and we are going to bring you our five stories on rural business this week. Hello, Deb. Hello, Becky. How are you? Just fine. I am excited because there's a chance of rain here today. We've been back into severe drought. We've been there for five years. We were out for six or eight months and we're back into drought. So chance of rain has me very excited tonight. How are things going in Iowa? Well, pretty good. The wind has like calmed down from 50 miles an hour to about 15. So we're pretty excited. All right. See, Great. we all get excited about the little weather things, you know. <laughs> so we've got five stories. Let's go right into them. The first one is from the Oil Patch Dispatch. You knew I couldn't resist the chance to bring you a story from the Oil Patch Dispatch. Right. And this one is called Filling a Need. There's a Waterford City or a, a Watford City High School student who has opened her own bakery. I loved this story for 10,000 reasons, but one of them was that she started with a lemonade stand. And it's a great illustration of using small steps to go into business. She started with a lemonade stand, her customers connected with her. That's an example of those connections that we talk about. And now she runs a bakery. Isn't that awesome? It is really awesome. And I also love that she created other jobs for uh, family members and other young people in her school. And she's figured out how to be active in her school system. She's homeschooled, but she participates in drama and sports activities as well. She's figured out how to do that, continue her education, her life, and her work. She's going to be a great adult. She is. She is. And this is kind of what we like to see happen with uh, with youth entrepreneurship education, because the people who end up running larger, successful businesses start out making little tiny experiments like lemonade stands when they're kids. So gotcha. it's great to see that progression happen. Yep. Our, our second story is another Iowa story. And Deb didn't find this one. This one came to me actually through a connection of mine. Uh, Bruce Nealon sent me this one. <laughs> And it says telepharmacies could spread through rural Iowa. See, um, lots of towns are too small to keep a full-time pharmacist on staff and keep the business going. Now laws are being changed and telepharmacies where you can actually walk into the pharmacy. A trained pharmacy technician takes care of the, the prescription and then a fully licensed full pharmacist is available by phone and video right there on site. And um, there was some initial skepticism, but pharmacists in general, they said, are excited to make sure that people get the care that they need. So I can see this happening in lots of really small towns and providing a great service that otherwise couldn't happen. This story made me cry a little bit. All of those small towns listed probably have an empty building and certainly have old people that can't afford to be driving miles to get their prescriptions filled but not to mention other people that need uh, prescriptions filled, like uh, moms at home with small babies, plus uh, the advantage of adding one or two jobs to their local community. It's a big deal. That's a big deal in and of itself. So bravo to New Care Pharmacy. Uh, good job. Great job. And it is an empty building story. They took over a formerly empty building and they managed to use it to do this. I can see it as an anchor that holds more people in town, provides more commerce, more recirculation in your town, and that's a good thing. So. Yeah. Yep. Um, speaking of interesting things going on in your town, um, alternative business forms, more small steps. This is truck based commerce. And these are two great examples that we found at Small Business Labs. Uh, really great little story about a, a bus that provides 
financial information. And so she's mobile and provides her financial information from a bus. And another group, which is they used a, a big RV looking thing to move a bookstore so that it is mobile and available in lots of places. I love mobile businesses for small towns because there may not be enough market in your town to make the business work, but you have access to lots of other little towns. Get out in your mobile business and access all those other markets. Well, think how brilliant that would be for a small business in a countywide or a tri-county area where you could actually be home every night with your business. You could just, you know, set a schedule and be somewhere every other week in that small community. I think the SBA, Small Business Association, and the SBDC would welcome business plans around this idea and be willing to look at how to fund this kind of venture. I love it. I love it. Now, the great thing about this article is at the end of this article, there's a nice link that says our food truck and mobile commerce section covers this in more detail. Look for that link at the end of the story and get a link to all the resources that Small Business Labs has put out on the subject of mobile trucks, food, trailers, every kind of mobile business you can think of. All right. Perfect. Our next story is from Locavesting. One of our friends is Amy Cortese, who wrote the book Locavesting. We've been talking with her about, you know, trying to think bigger and do some things together. Um, and there's a great story on her site right now about new funding opportunities for food based and agricultural ventures. And it's a good article. I mean, it's a long article with a lot of different opportunities for funding your business and some cute ag photos as a bonus. So um, if you are running any kind of an agricultural based business or a food based business, you definitely want to check out this article. You know, funding a new business is hair pulling at best. And I'm thrilled you found this particular article. I'm going over with a fine tooth comb because people come into me all the time asking about how can we fund our business. And you're right, ag business in a rural area is something that we should pay more attention to anyway. So now I near it's geared towards locavesting and my thirst First thought was, you've been talking to Amy Cortese. So, yay, great for Amy and great for you. Glad you pulled that up. I'm sure that people will be looking in that, at that a lot closer. Okay, our last article for today comes from the Project for Public Spaces. These folks are the folks that are known for placemaking and all those initiatives. Wonderful article on actions for streets as places, how community makes it happen. Now, you and I both know community is all about what happens when people talk to each other. And if you want your place to have a specific feeling, a specific culture to be to be part of the place where it is, then you have to connect with the people because that's an essential part of what your community really is. So there's some really great suggestions in here of ways to get community into your business, starting with activating the space in front of your business or workplace, because that's where people can gather. And so you need to connect with folks. One really important key to this is they point out this is a way of making your community more individual, of connecting with what makes your town unique. And in a time when we hear a lot about the same types of things being done in lots of communities, bump outs, and you need a clock, and you need the same kind of lighting, and everybody needs bricks. Well, you know, your community has things that make you unique, and it mostly revolves around your people. Activate your people, because that's where you find the uniqueness for your community. And, you know, I really love this article. Uh, it took some larger communities and showed what some larger communities were doing. Mm -hmm. And normally I get kind of frustrated because it's hard sometimes to take what larger towns are doing and, and lay it over smaller communities. However, um, what first stuck out to me was like, oh, God, we can't put, you know, can't put um, 
little mini restaurants in front of our stores. We can't put little tables and chairs out because our local planning and zoning won't let us do it. But I went back to the whole take small steps concept. We have crazy day at, on July 23rd and we close the streets. So we can do that during crazy day. We can try the little steps first and start talking about it and get people excited about it. Then we can go to the local PNZ meetings and do the, what if we tried this? Hey, this worked really well. People really liked it. So you just figure out, don't be dismayed. Start to be a zealot, not like they talked about in the article and show, hey, this worked. Look, here's pictures, here's yeah. events, this worked and figure out how to do it. Start doing it one day at a time during little local events and get people used to it and wanting it. And then people come around. So don't be dismayed. Try some of those little things and just keep working at it. And you're right, involve more people, take the baby steps. So thanks for sharing that article too. Guess who's gonna see it in my town? I, I suspect the PNZ folks are gonna be seeing that one. Eventually, <laughs> yes, I think they will. Yes, they will. <laughs> So this is the thing. We've talked a lot today about our small steps, about drawing your crowd, drawing the community together and making connections between people, because those are the essential three pieces of making your town more idea friendly. And it just happens that we're going to, of course, take this opportunity to talk about the next webinar that we have coming up, which is called Rural Jobs Creation Strategies. And it is about collisions and serendipity and the hybrid vigor of ideas. And these are all the things that happen when people connect to other people. When you take a young woman who's running a lemonade stand and you connect her with customers that can help her finance that, what you get at the end is a bakery in your town run by the young people and activated by the youth. And so you can see that thread running through all of our stories today. And we're going to talk about how those connections of people lead to eventually more jobs in your community. And that will be on April 20th. And you can find out more information about that at saveyour.town slash webinar. And you'll get the information on that webinar. It does cost you 20 bucks, but we promise to make it entertaining and fun. Thank you very much. And you know, that wraps up our Blab on Sunday at 7. So thanks to everybody that came. And we look forward to seeing you next week and at our next webinar on the 20th of this month. Thanks, Becky. I think we're done, right? Yes. Thank you, Deb. We'll talk to everybody next week. See you next week.